Hello and welcome Duke fans. Welcome to the Duke Blue Central podcast episode three. I am coming at you today to record another episode of the Duke Blue Central podcast. It has been an awesome, awesome first couple of episodes. Thank you so much to anyone who has tuned in for the first two iterations of the Duke Blue Central podcast. This podcast, once again, something I've wanted to do for a long time, and it has been awesome getting involved in the Duke community and the Duke podcast and the Duke Twitter community over at Duke Blue Central on Twitter. You guys have been awesome. Appreciate you so much for your kind words and your follows and your listens. Thank you so much, each and every one of you listening. Appreciate that. But with all that being said, let's jump into today's episode. I've wanted to do this episode for a minute, kind of breaking down what I think Duke's starting lineups could be for the upcoming season. I've listened to a couple other podcasts on this, read a few articles on this, a lot of interesting takes out there, and a lot of different starting lineups people think that we're going to do, think that Duke is going to employ this year. So I kind of wrote down all of the starting lineups I could listed that I thought were realistic for the year. Now, I didn't include any starting lineups that's accounting for injury or anything like that where a guy's missing time. You know, some people are filling out, you know, Christian Reeves might get a start here or there if we get a big man go down. I didn't want to include any of the any of those. Those are just so hard to predict. You know, it's impossible to imagine that somebody's gonna get injured throughout the year and what's gonna happen and who's gonna start. So I kind of just wanted to break down the most probable starting lineups we're gonna see for Duke this year, break down my thoughts on them, what kind of play style we can expect with these lineups and the probability of John Shire rolling these lineups out in the next upcoming year. So let's kick things off. I want to start kind of in the beginning, in the beginning of the season. What do I think Duke's lineup is going to be, you know, week one when we're going out there to play the non-conference schedule to kick things off? What do I think our lineup is going to be? I think it's going to look something like this. Tyrese Proctor is a starting point guard. I don't think that's a huge surprise for anybody. He's been maybe our most impressive player here in these off-season videos. It just seems to have improved leaps and bounds over last year where he was already a good player, especially tailing off towards the end of the year. Nobody's surprised about that. Shooting guard, of course, Captain Jeremy Roach. You're not the lone captain of a great team and then come back for your senior season and then lose your starting spot. I just can't imagine that Roach is not going to be involved in any of these starting rotations. Just as a little spoiler alert, I do have Roach penciled in in just about all of these starting lineups I think we could realistically see. I I just don't think it's likely that he came back another year and is not even going to be in the starting rotation. Now, minutes could be an interesting conversation. You know, is there a point later in the season? where we see a Jared McCain or a Caleb Foster. Maybe they're coming off the bench, but they're playing just as many, if not more, minutes than Jeremy Roach. That's something I could probably entertain talking about. But for now, I just I can't see a world where he is not starting in just about every starting lineup we can throw out there, including this first one in the beginning of the year. Starting small forward, I think on day one, is going to be Mark Mitchell. A lot of these lineups, I have them in a different position, but starting out, I think he's going to start at the three just like he did last year. Power forward, of course, you all know Kyle Filipowski is going to be our starting power forward to start the year. And then that leaves our center, Ryan Young. Yes, I know a lot of people don't think want him to start, but I think a lot of people are sleeping on Ryan Young and the talent and the level of leadership and 
hustle he brings to this team. And I think John Shire is going to reward that in the beginning of the year by letting him fill out that fifth starting position. So, I mean, this looks, I mean, look, this is a lot like last year's team. This is not too, too different from last year's starting lineup, except all of these guys have just improved immensely. You know, we got to remember Derek Lively didn't start the year last year. He started injured, and even when he came back from injury, Shire was still reluctant to put him in the starting lineup for the longest time. We saw Ryan Young start plenty of games last year. I don't think it's going to be that different this year. So I think Proctor, Roach, Mark, Kyle, Proctor, Roach, Mark Mitchell, Kyle Filipowski, and Ryan Young are going to be your starters on day one, first game in Duke's schedule. And look, we know what this lineup brings to the table. We've seen all of these guys play before, but I think it's just going to be that executed at a higher level. These guys have had a whole season to gel with each other, to know what each other do, to know what each of them do well, to put them in the right situations to score, the right situations on defense. I I think this lineup is great. I think it is kind of our floor where Duke is going to look to begin this season off, not where we're going to end. And I can get into that in a little few more of these lineups. But this is a great starting point. I do think Ryan Young has a great chance to be a captain on this year's team. I would love to see that. It it sounded like last year he was really instrumental in the team's run towards the end of the year. Not necessarily on the floor, but it sounded like he was a huge locker room piece of like, hey guys, you know, everybody talks about that after Miami game when Duke actually just got skunked at Miami. And Ryan Young was one of those team leaders that pulled the team aside and said, "Look, guys, this is unacceptable. We gotta, we gotta play better. We gotta have better chemistry on and off the court." And it really showed down the stretch there for Duke, uh, all the way up until their defeat to Tennessee in the NCAA tournament. But I would love to see Ryan Young be a captain. I think the only way he doesn't get that captain role is if Shire's a little reluctant to give it to a transfer that that's only been there for a year. I would also imagine Jeremy Roach is going to get that captain not again. Can't see why not. And then maybe they just leave him as the sole captain next year, but I'd love to see Ryan Young get that captainship. I I think Roach and Ryan Young are are, are going to be and hopefully will be the two captains on this team. But even if Ryan Young doesn't get that nod, just like he was last year, he's going to be a leader for this team on and off the court. And I'm really excited about that, excited for the development that he's going to be able to work with our bigs, excited for our bigs to go up against him in practice. He's he's an odd guy to guard. It feels like a guy you can really sharpen your skills against. Um, so, yeah, big fan of Ryan Young over here. Newly uh, three-point three point sniper Ryan Young. <laughs> I don't know how many threes he's going to be hitting in-game, but boy, do I hope he just comes out and is just a, a long-range assassin from out there that would nothing would please me more than to see Ryan Young drain three threes Duke's opening game so let's move on to the next lineup now these aren't in any particular order really from here on out I don't know how our lineup is exactly going to change throughout the year so I kind of just wrote these lineups with any kind of possibility in mind thinking could this starting lineup get rolled out ever if I think if I thought it could I wrote it down on here so the next one It would be point guard Tyrese Proctor, shooting guard Jeremy Roach, small forward Jared McCain, power forward Mark Mitchell, center Kyle Filipowski. So this lineup is an interesting one. Believe it or not, I haven't seen a lot of people pitch this lineup as as one that they like. Even though, and this is so odd to me, even though McCain 
I think feels unanimously, everybody feels he's the best freshman coming in. You know, we have a really talented freshman class. That's no disrespect to anybody else coming in. But gosh, you just hear the reports on McCain and his work ethic and how much of a gym rat he is, how how ready his body is for college basketball. I mean, it, it, watch the there's a documentary on him where he's talking about all the insane workouts he went to, whether it be 6 a.m. his high school workout and then he would drive to another one. You know, the shooting ability he gives, the the way he stretches the floor, the way he play makes, uh, just it, everything about Jared McCain is just shining in this offseason where, you know, now people are talking about him like a one-and-done player, which selfishly I'm, I'm hoping he's not one of those. But it just Jared McCain's stocks are going up and up and up as week by week by week as we approach the start of the regular season. But surprisingly... A lot of people don't have him penciled into this small forward starting position. I think the obvious answer for that is his size and what people anticipate he's going to be giving up on the defensive side of the ball. Now, I do think that's a fair thing to worry about. You know, last year, this team kind of hung its hat on its defense. You know, we kind of knew the whole year that Duke team last year didn't have a great offense. Our game plan was to just nobody could score 80 points against us. So it was like if we could hold the opposing team to, you know, 70 points, we were good enough to get past that and beat them. But it was well known. Our our, our offense just wasn't a particularly awesome offense last year. We hung our hat on our defense. So I think a lot of people maybe come into this year's season anticipating that we're going to do that again. I don't know if we should be anticipating that or not. When I look at this team and some of the builds, I really feel like this could be a team that builds around its offense, and the defense still is good, but it only has to be good enough to kind of stop or or to kind of stop the other team from getting as much as we're going to be able to score. And, And when I think about this lineup, I just think the scoring potential is through the roof. I mean, you've got a smaller, small forward, admittedly, but you've still got Proctor, Roach, McCain, Mark, Flip, all of those guys can score at such an elite level. You know, I've been seeing a lot of clips of Mark Mitchell and his improvement. I think he's going to improve as a scorer. I also think an important part of this lineup is Mark being at the four. I have that in a few more of my lineups going forward, but the games Mark Mitchell really shined offensively for me last season are games where he was at the four. The first one that pops into my head is the Syracuse game. Now, I know that was in his own defense, so it's kind of different. It's a different play style, but we started to, instead of Flip kind of being that that guy who would stand at the free throw line and distribute or shoot a jump hook, when we moved Mark Mitchell there, he was shining in that role, and I think he's going to see a lot more of that this season with how often we're going to play Flip at the five, which I do anticipate is going to be often. So I'm excited to see Mark Mitchell's offense develop. Flip, we know offensively what he can do. Stretch the floor, pretty much do everything for you. Jared McCain just mentioned him. He is a huge floor spacer, but also a great passer, playmaker, high IQ player. Knows how to get assists, knows how to set his teammates up. And it's great that he's going to be with us for the whole summer, kind of learning and feeling out that chemistry with his teammates. And that he has two kind of, I think it's hard to say veteran with Proctor because he's only a sophomore, but two kind of veteran guards ahead of him to mentor him up and uh, and maybe get that chemistry going a little faster than you would if you were just a freshman going in by yourself. And then obviously Roach is a scoring machine. 
old, the ultimate closer, just give him the ball and get the heck out of the way at the end of the game. We know what he can do offensively. We've seen it year in and year out. And Proctor, again, everybody's talking about his shooting improvement, his playmaking, his inside game, his moves to the basket, his mid-range game. It just the scoring potential is this, of this lineup is just insane. I, I think more people should be considering this lineup as one we could potentially roll out. Even if we take a slight hit in defense, I just think that having McCain on the floor – that much it i i feel like it has a really really good chance of offsetting you know how many points he may allow to the opposing team's small forward and a lot of these lineups could be situational but especially if if the opposing team is rolling out a small forward that's a lot smaller man would i consider employing this one but enough about that one let's move on to the next one which is 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 honestly really similar to this last one with one change basically the whole starting lineup is the same, but instead of Jared McCain, you put Caleb Foster in there. Now, like I said, I do think Jared McCain is probably the consensus best freshman we have coming in, but Caleb Foster and really all the rest of these guys are right there behind him. Caleb Foster is a guy who who just has that dog mentality. You can see it from his high school games. Plays with that chip on his shoulder. I love watching footage of him of his high school team playing Bronny James's high school team at the end of the year, where he actually ended Bronny's high school career. He is just a dog if there ever was one. I'm so excited for him to be on this team, especially towards the end of games where we need a guy who who has that mentality, who has that make-it-happen mentality. I think Foster's got that. And positive thing with Caleb Foster is he might give up slightly less on defense than Jared McCain does. Now, it's hard to predict how good freshmen are going to be defensively, it's something that changes maybe even more drastically than the offense from college, from high school to college. But Caleb Foster does have a few more inches on Jared McCain. He, I'm not sure if he weighs more, but he probably he looks like it. Probably a little bit bigger of a guy. I think Jared uh, Caleb Foster will have no problem at all uh, guarding the three in college. I, I think he's got the size. He's got the speed. I, I don't think he'll really struggle at all. Uh, guarding a small forward position in college. So if you want kind of maybe a little bit less offense than McCain is going to give you, but you want to make up for it on defense, that's where I think this lineup comes into play. And a lot of people have been penciling in this lineup as potentially, you know, Duke's end of year lineup when it comes to that because of the defense that Caleb Foster potentially could bring. Now, you never know what can happen. You know, Jared McCain could come out in the first few weeks and just really impress us on defense, and we don't even have to think about that anymore. But a lot of people are kind of anticipating and getting ready for Caleb Foster to be a better defender than McCain, and that kind of earns him a spot in the offensive, in the starting lineup, because the offense is going to be around him already. He might not be relied upon to score as much. We might be leaning on his scoring and his playmaking and his defense a little bit more. So that's a great lineup option as well. I've heard this might be first or second most popular starting lineup people are really rooting for this next season. And again, all the stuff I said about the previous lineup goes with this one. Mark Mitchell at the four, Flip at the five, I think it's going to work wonderfully. Okay, so this next lineup, and man, I don't know about any more, but for the longest time, this is the lineup I was maybe the most excited about. And that's point guard Tyrese Proctor, shooting guard Jeremy Roach. No change there really throughout all these. Small forward Mark Mitchell power forward Sean Stewart, and then center Kyle Filipowski. This lineup is a, is a really interesting one. I do think it has its pros and cons. And the, the biggest con out the gate for me is that 
you got to move Mark Mitchell to the three. And I really think he plays better when he's in his natural power forward position. Now, defensively, it doesn't really matter where he's at on the floor. He's going to dominate wherever he is. He can guard one through five. We know that. We've seen it all last year, and it's only going to get better for him this year. But offensively, I do think Mark Mitchell takes a hit when he's forced to play that three position, and there's two bigs kind of clogging the lane down there for him. He's a driver. He can get into the post, make a jump a jump hook shot. He's got some post moves. He can also rise up and dunk on just about anybody. When there's two bigs down there on the block, though, I think he has a harder time doing that, and he, he tends to just kind of stick around those corners and search for those corner threes which is not a bad thing. He was he was good hitting those for us last season. But I do think Mark, Mark Mitchell's offensive ceiling takes a hit with this lineup. But positives, you get Sean Stewart at the floor uh, on the low block with Kyle Filipowski. And I think if you're just looking purely defensively without giving too much on offense, giving up too much on offense, this is potentially the best lineup. Because you get Proctor and Roach. Proctor is an awesome defender at the point guard position. Roach has been improved. You know, he's the weakest defender in this lineup, but he can hold his own. I'm not too worried about Roach going out there and guarding opposing teams' point guards. He did it for us all last year and was just fine. Then you've got Mark Mitchell, of course, probably the best defender on this team, one of the best defenders in the country. You're not worried about him at all. Sean Stewart, I think, is going to be a surprise great defender. If I have a prediction for him, I think he's going to get way more blocks than people anticipate. He's a big dude that can just jump out the gym and has shown the ability in practice to me to be able to defend that five position if he's called upon it. And of course, we know Flip is going to be great down there at the block. I think people slept on his defense from last year. Talked about it on Twitter a little bit this past week, but so many people are worried about Kyle Filipowski defending at the five. And while I think, yeah, he's not going to be Mark Williams or Derek Lively, we've been spoiled with those two guys that just alter kind of every shot that comes into the lane. Kyle Filipowski is going to be just fine defensively. He's a huge dude, you know, over seven feet tall. I think he weighs 250. He's going to be just fine down there in at the five position. And what he offers offensively against fives is just going to be ridiculous. I mean, imagine him taking all these college centers out to the three-point line and, and then have them having to guard him from out there. It's just going to be a, a massacre for flip on offense. But Filipowski is going to be just fine defensively at the five. I have no worries about him defending that position. And But Sean Stewart beside him gives him that kind of constant block threat. Not as much as Mark Williams and Derek Lively would get, but I think Sean Stewart's going to be sneaky good defensively. Just a, an athletic dude that I think is going to have the potential to kind of guard a lot of positions as well. And I also think there's something else to point out about this lineup. You know, everybody says we're going to play fast this year, and, and I agree. Like, I do think... Duke was a super, super slow team, especially by Duke standards. You know, we're usually a fast team. Duke was an ultra slow team last year. I remember laughing at, you know, when we played Virginia every time. Normally when you're Duke and you're going to play Virginia, you got to be like, you're bummed out about the game because, you know, this is going to be so slow. This is not the way we want to play. But it was like this year when we played Virginia, it was totally flipped. It was like, hey, man, we're used to playing like this this year. This isn't so much of a switch up. This is like our normal style too now. But I do think this year we're going to play faster. But if Shire wants to at any point in the year slow it down like he did last year, maybe that's something 
I, I'm going to be really interested to watch how Shire coaches this team because with everybody thinking we're going to play fast, I think he's even said we're going to play fast, but we're going to see this year. Is playing slow maybe part of just his coaching DNA? Or was it just something he did last year because we didn't want to force as many turnovers? Because, you know, we didn't have the guys he felt that we needed to run the floor and, and space the floor like we may this year. I think people are writing off a little too quick that playing slow might just be in John Shire's DNA. Don't know if that's to be the case. I'm, that's just going to be something I'm watching this year. But if he wants to slow it down like he did last year, I think this is the lineup to do it with. Because... You've got guys who are not necessarily going to stretch the floor as much. Sean Stewart's not going to stretch the floor. And you don't have your big shooters, McCain and Foster, out there there on the bench. So if he wants to play kind of the style of ball we played last year, I think this is the lineup we're going to see. I think this, for the longest time, uh, this lineup was my favorite. I don't know if it is now. The great thing about this Duke team is that we can almost rotate that fifth starter spot based off of who we're playing you know, if we're playing a team that gets beat up on the boards a lot, we could play this lineup and, you know, just kill them on the boards because I think Sean Stewart's going to be an incredible rebounder and we know Flip is. If we want to play fast, we take that spot out, put Jared McCain in there. We're not worried about him having to guard a small forward if they're a little smaller. A lot of options with this team. This lineup was my favorite for a long time, but we'll see. I, I'll tell you, I'm more and more just thinking – we're going to want to have Jared McCain on the court as long as possible. The more I read about this kid, the more I watch about this kid, it, it, it's just, I'm wondering, like, are we going to get to a point in the season where we can afford to just not have him out there as much as we, as much as we can? And even if that gives up a little defensively, I just feel like what he brings to the table offensively will offset that now who knows and, and I think there's a case to be made too that him coming off the bench and being kind of like the captain of the second units and just like we put him in and say just take over this game like you be the backup point guard you know if Proctor's not playing Roach isn't playing or what even if Roach is out there you take primary ball handling responsibilities play make shoot score there's a case to be made he could be used in that way but I just think his minutes allocations got to be right. I, I, I'm more and more leaning towards we're just going to want to have McCain out there as much as possible. So that lineup is slowly becoming my favorite. But this lineup with Stewart and Flip at the low block is a really, really interesting one that I think we have a strong likelihood of seeing throughout the year, especially if Shire is a little reluctant to roll out that three-guard lineup because this still lets us play Mark at the three, which defensively is great, but his offense takes a little bit of a hit. But we're going to see. I, I do think that one, that that is one that's definitely on the table. Now, these last two lineups I've got are a little bit different. I wanted to throw this next one out just as something I've seen on Twitter people anticipate could happen. And that's the lineup of Proctor, Roach, TJ Power, Mark Mitchell, Kyle Filipowski with uh, TJ Power filling out that three guard spot. You know, it, it is a spot that's really intriguing to him. He is kind of more of a stretch wing player more than he is like a down low post player, at least right now in his freshman year. You know, I think he's going to be a guy that's at Duke for a couple years, potentially, you know, more than two. I'm thinking of him as a three or four year player. So if he beefs up, bulks up, you know, he might be able to get go down there with the low block and bang with the big guys. But I think at least for this first year, he's going to be more of a wing player. 
And there's definitely a case to be made that if his talent is really showing, he's the guy that potentially fits best in the starting lineup. If he's everything, if he's all the player that, you know, a lot of people expect him to be, um, he might be the guy that fits best with this Duke team in the starting lineup. You don't have to have three guards. He's got really big size. He would, you know, he would dwarf most small forwards that he's playing out there. And he stretches the floor. He can run. He's a great communicator. He's a high IQ player. I think his passing is better than people think. Look, I mean, there's a strong case to be made here that TJ Powers, the freshman that maybe fits the starting lineup the most. But here's where I think the issue lies with this. I I just don't know if TJ Power is immediately going to have the impact that a lot of people might be putting on him. I, I think he's a great player. But I feel like the way he plays, the the way he is, you know, how his body looks, I feel like he might have the toughest time adjusting to college basketball out of all of these four freshmen. You know, I feel like McCain, Foster, and Sean Stewart, when you look at them, they all look like players who have been in college for a few years. TJ Power, to me, does look like a high school guy still. That being said, he, he doesn't look too skinny, that skinny or anything, but He's the guy I can see struggling a little bit in the beginning of the year to the pace, speed, uh, the athleticism of the college game. Now, that's not to say by the end of the year he couldn't have it down. We've seen players do that before. I think in one of my tweets I kind of compared it to you know how in 15 we didn't even see we didn't see Grayson a lot, Grayson Allen a lot until the tournament, and he just exploded. I think TJ Power kind of has that potential for us this year where – He's got a lot of hype building into the regular season, and then he comes out and is maybe a little more disappointing than people think. Maybe you know a lot of his minutes are going to Jaden Shute, who's a guy I don't think is going to crack the starting five ever unless there's injury. But maybe you know Shute is taking Powers' minutes a little, and then at the end of the year he finally snaps, and we think, man, this is the guy we thought was coming out of high school. If I had to predict a trajectory for TJ Power on the year, that's it. So I think this lineup is something that, if it's going to happen, is going to be really late in the year. But I even think then, I just think these other guys are more ready for the game than he is right now. No disrespect to CJ Power, of course. I think he's going to be one of the better Duke players year to year that we've seen in a while. Love this kid. Love everything I read about him. And I said in my, I think my first podcast, when I broke down the practice squad footage, he was so vocal on the court. I think he's going the coaches are just going to love him love coaching him for the next few years and I'm just pumped to see the improvement that he has but for this year I think this lineup is only going to be something that if it happens happens at the end of the year and okay so for the last lineup I just threw in a fun one I, I tried to think of you know everybody's got that you know you you've got the lead What's your lockdown defensive focused lineup? So I wrote that. I wrote here. Here's a fun one that is I don't think ever going to start, but boy would I love to see it get thrown out there a couple times throughout the year. So point guard Tyrese Proctor, shooting guard Jalen Blakes, small forward Caleb Foster, power forward Mark Mitchell, center Kyle Filipowski, or Christian Reeves. I, I would love to see the defensive potential of this lineup. And now I really just put Reeves in there. Cause like if he's, if he in practice is nothing but a great defender, we might find a reason to put him in the game here. And I also could see a situation, you know, where maybe we do Proctor Blake's put Mark at three 
put Flip at the four and then put Reeves at the five as kind of just a shot blocking five. I, I just I love to come up with these like crazy defensive lineups. And as I was putting this one together, I just thought like, you know, how crazy is it that this Duke lineup team? I I tried to put this together specifically for defense and even just this lineup, like you can just see the depth of this team. Like, it, it, let's say we just go ultimate defense. Let's say it's like Proctor, Blakes, Mark at the three, Flip at the four, and Christian Reeves at the five. Like, for Duke, we're thinking of that as like, okay, that's our like, just stop it, just stop a bucket. You know, we're you know we're up by one in the Carolina game at the Deaton Dome, and we just don't need them to score. There's ten seconds left. Put that lineup in. But man, for like ninety five percent of the rest of the country that's their like go to get a bucket lineup you know it, it's just so crazy how spoiled we can get as duke fans when you know we're throwing out these guys that like a guy like blakes who could easily start at another program and he's our defensive specialist like we've just got so many guys on this team that could just make an make a huge huge impact here and at other schools just a great position to be in this year where we've got so much depth and, you know, no injuries, knock on wood so far here in the off season, but it is going to be an exciting, exciting year for the Duke blue devils. I'm excited to see what lineups we roll out there. Let me know what lineups you think we're going to roll out there. You can follow me over at Duke blue central on Twitter. It has been an awesome, awesome time with you today. Not sure when the next episode is going to drop, just to let you guys know kind of a roadmap of the future of this podcast. You know, right now it's kind of a lull for, for Duke basketball and we're in the off season kind of summer work has wrapped up. We're a few months out from the regular season. I do anticipate, you know, doing more episodes leading up to the season, maybe any recruiting news that happens, anything big that happens. If I want to break down some more footage from a scrimmage, I'm definitely going to be open to doing an episode on that. Might even have a few guests on the show. I would love to uh, love to have some guests on the show and kind of get their opinions on what this year is going to look like for Duke. I'd also love to do a predictions episode where I kind of predict all of Duke's game. I'd love to go through the whole season and just predict every game. Probably going to be wildly inaccurate, but it's fun. So I'd love to do that. Love to also predict kind of what players' stats are going to be throughout the year. I really, really enjoy listening to those types of shows, so I figured I'd do one myself. But during the season, this is this show is really going to amp up. I, I'm a big fan of instant reaction kind of post-game podcasts. So the plan is right now that after every Duke game I can, I just want to sit down and record an episode going over it, going over it, kind of recapping it, recapping what happened. Hopefully a lot of wins in that in that show. It's a lot more fun doing that when Duke wins rather than when they lose. I might not want to record when we lose, but, <laughs> but needless to say, that's going to be kind of a – you know, a big season, I think, for the podcast where we're just going to be breaking down every game. Hopefully that's something where, you know, we play a game, I can record a podcast and get it out immediately so you guys can have something to listen to that night that recap the game. That's kind of my goal for this show. But right now, we're we're in the summer. We're still counting down the months for Duke basketball to kick off. I'll try to come at you with another episode in the next week or so. We'll see what that's going to be about. But yeah, you can give me a follow over on Duke Blue Central at Twitter. Would love to get your follow and get your comments, get your feedback on the show or anything I tweet. 
Also, if you want to help out the show, the best way you can do that is by following and leaving a rating wherever you're at. Leave a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to. That really helps the show get out to to other Duke fans. And yeah, share it with all of your Duke friends. Appreciate you guys for listening. Go Blue Devils.